Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Lesotho traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Stars twinkled in the darkly clouded night sky, while down below, behind a grove of baobab trees, a village burned. Screams floated above the flaming thatched roofs as villagers fled their homes. Mothers grabbed children, sisters grabbed brothers, all raced into the streets, forming a great stampede. But they weren't running from the fire. The throaty roar of an enormous beast echoed behind them, filling their hearts with dread and spurring them from the tinderbox that had been their home. A grotesque creature trudged out of the smoke and flames. It seemed as big as the mountains that loomed in the distance, with a body that defied comprehension. Its skin was slick and shiny gray, like the blubber of a wet seal. It had no head and no neck, just a giant amorphous bean-shaped body atop muscular, stocky legs. The only indication that it had a front at all were two beady black eyes above a long, thin slit. The slit stretched open into a gaping, cavernous mouth filled with razor-sharp teeth. A huge tongue lolled out. The beast was hungry. The creature fell on the fleeing villagers, devouring them by the dozens. Its giant pink tongue swept through the crowd, dragging whole families into its gaping maw. It swallowed them in a second, not bothering to chew or taste before lunging for its next victims. As the beast gorged, its body expanded like a balloon, its skin stretched taut until it looked like a giant, swollen stomach, waddling forward on tiny stick legs. But it still wasn't satisfied. Its jaws opened and closed again and again, eating its way through the dwindling crowd until the last villager slid screaming down its wet gullet. On the outskirts of the village, the old woman Ramatla lay in the shadows of a baobab tree, hidden by dirt and leaves. Her eyes burned with tears of grief for her village. She trembled with guilt and fear, whispering to herself, All gone, every last one. Ramatla watched as the amorphous monster reared back on its tiny stick legs and unleashed a frustrated roar. It had consumed every living thing in the village, but somehow it was still hungry. When it finally lumbered off toward the distant mountain range, Ramatla pushed herself up from her hiding spot. I hope you enjoyed your meal, Kamapa. It will be your last. <laughs> because there is no one left. The human race had been swallowed by the horrifying creature she knew as Kamapa. Ramatla was alone. She brushed dirt from her clothes and the graying hair from her eyes. As she stood, she tenderly touched the faintly glowing amulet around her neck. 
Her gaze turned upwards, taking in the sky. How can the sky stay the same when the world has changed forever? Ramadla's hand closed tightly around the amulet. Her wrinkled cheeks, wet from tears, sucked in with determination. Kamapa had made a mistake. He had left her alive. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. Today, we're telling the Lesotho tale of the wretched beast Kamapa and the hero who dared stand against him. The shapeless monster was an unstoppable, lumbering mass of terror. His insatiable hunger drove him from village to village until he had consumed the entire human race. After this, we'll continue the story of the beast that swallowed the world. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Kingdom of Lesotho is a mountainous, landlocked country bordered on all sides by South Africa. Its entire footprint sits on the central plateau of Southern Africa, so that its lowest point is 4,593 feet above sea level. The country's unique topography has led locals to call Lesotho the Kingdom in the Sky. This regal title is fitting not just for the country's great altitude and beautiful vistas, but also for its rich mythology. Throughout history, tales of the magical and the monstrous have imbued the region with an air of mystery, feeding off of and contributing to its isolation. In past centuries, rumors of cannibalism scared European colonists away from the plateau, while hair-raising stories about dragons ensured that rival South African tribes kept their distance. As in other parts of the world, the dragon stories have been credited to the discovery of prehistoric fossils. 
Today, Lesotho is credited with having some of the largest numbers of fossilized dinosaur footprints in the world. The Lesotho region's mythology began with its first residents, the ancient San people. The San resided in the Drakensberg Mountains and famously left behind a myriad of rock paintings depicting animals, hunters, and shamans. From studying these paintings, archaeologists have concluded that the San worshipped a python god who they believed fathered humanity. The early San Python god most likely influenced the legend of Kamapa, which was told many years later to the Soto people. Because of his giant, shapeless body, Kamapa is sometimes referred to as a great river serpent. His tendency to swallow humans is an even stronger link to the python, which is known for swallowing animals much larger than itself. Today, python attacks on humans are much rarer than they once were, in part due to the snake's dwindling population. The African rock python that once called Lesotho home is now classified as extinct in the region and vulnerable in other parts of South Africa. While there are clear similarities between the San's python god and the Soto's Kamapa, their roles in each culture's myths are distinctly different. For while the first was responsible for creating humanity, the Kamapa devoured it. His story seems to be a subversion of the older myth, but it also follows one of the most universal ancient motifs. Just as the world ends, a hero is born to save it. Ramadla stood before her village, staring at its charred remains. Her lip curled in disgust. The monster Kamapa had truly done its worst. As she stared up at the sky, the orange light of the coming day was rising in the east. Her amulet glowed, lighting up the dark baobab grove that surrounded the village. She smiled and closed her eyes, pleased that her magic was working. She laid a hand gently on her belly and prayed for help, for a gift, for guidance. She prayed that humanity would not end with her. She prayed for a child. Ramatla gasped and went rigid. Her mouth fell open in a silent scream. Her body hurt. Good God, it hurt. Her hand moved as her belly expanded. It grew, becoming swollen and round. She laughed with joy at the sight of it. <laughs> for in a world devoid of life, she was creating it. Her stomach continued to grow until a fierce pain shot through her loins. Ramatla staggered, trying to keep her balance as she spread her legs. Her back hunched with effort, and her breath came out in deep, rasping gasps. With one last scream, she pushed with all her might, a bloody infant slid from her womb and fell to the ground. For a chilling moment, it lay still. Ramatla stared at it, frozen with fear. She melted in relief as the baby wailed. Ramatla took the child in her arms. It was a boy. Hush, hush, my love. I am so sorry, but I cannot let you cry. This world is dangerous. I lead to Olam. I won't need you to grow quickly. 
Ramatla's worry melted into a smile. The love she felt for her child was greater than she expected. A song drifted from her lips. Hush, hush, my baby. Hush, hush. The stars are up and you are down. But you are so good. It is you I follow round. Ramatla gently set Lituolon on the ground and instructed him to stay put. She had to find some bedding. Moments later, she was grunting with effort as she hauled charred straw and bits of cloth into a pile. Her old bones creaked as the sun beat down on her. The work took an hour, after which she dragged the material over to where she left Lituolon. He was still there, but he was no longer a newborn. He was now a young boy. Curly hair hung around his shoulders, and his back was straight and strong. Ramatla stared at him. Though she had wished he would grow with speed, she felt a pang of sadness. Her little boy would be grown before nightfall. As she assembled the bed of straw, a young man's hand suddenly covered hers. She looked up, and her eyes met Lituolon's. He was now a young man. Sit, mother. You are exhausted. Thank you, my son. I am tired. Ramatla staggered over to a log and sat. Her legs trembled from all that she had put them through. She gently touched her belly, which was still cramped. Her aging body was not meant for such things, but as she watched Lituolon work, she found her heart swelling with hope. Her own name meant strength, and she had given it to this child. Night fell. Lituolon, now fully grown, lay beside Ramatla in the bed of straw that he had helped make. They stared up at the stars, and for the first time since Kamapa's rampage, Ramatla felt at peace. But Lituolon was restless. So many stars. What's the matter, my child? You seem worried. The world is so big. The sky is vast, too. But it is filled with stars. It just seems odd. What is odd? That down here, there is only you and me. Ramatla bit her lip. She was not ready to tell her son about the horrors of the time before his birth. Even if he already had the body of a man, she desperately wanted a few more minutes where she could just be his mother. Let us not talk of such things tonight. It is too sad. What does that mean? You still treat me like a child, I see. Ramatla closed her eyes. She knew that as soon as she spoke, they could not go back to the blissful quiet they had enjoyed just moments ago. With tears in her eyes, Ramatla finally told her son everything about his magical birth and about Kamapa, the monster that had swallowed the human race. When she finished, Lituolon's eyes shone with tears. Regret shot through Ramatla's heart. I am sorry, Lituolon. I knew it was too soon to tell you. I am the one who was sorry, Mother. I did not realize the things you had seen, that you grew up in a world with others like us. You must be so lonely. Oh, Lituolon, how 
How could I be lonely? I have you, and that is all I need. Li Chuolone embraced his mother tightly, and the two lay back down to sleep. But Li Chuolone's mind raced. He found himself imagining Kamapa, the faceless monster that had consumed humanity. He rolled over to face the mountains that loomed in the distance. They were Kamapa's home, and they were so close. He wondered what was to stop the beast from returning to finish what he had started. Li Tuolone's gaze drifted to his sleeping mother. The world was so empty already, he could not bear to lose her too. Once Li Tuolone was sure his mother was asleep, he slowly rose. He silently rummaged through her things, finally producing a large knife from under Ramatla's blanket. It was an ordinary knife with a long, dull blade and a simple wooden handle. But as he held it, it began to shine bright and new. Lituolone's jaw tightened. He would make sure this beast never fed again. Coming up, Lituolone hunts the insatiable Kamapa. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now back to the story. Ramatla was the sole survivor of the human race until she gave birth to a magical son named Lituolone. He grew quickly, becoming a young man in a single day. But as he aged, he realized how empty the world was. When Ramatla told him about Kamapa, the beast who had devoured his people, Lituolone made a decision. He would put an end to Kamapa's insatiable hunger once and for all. The sun beat down on Lituolone as he crossed the savanna. He lifted his face, enjoying the warmth of the sun's rays. He felt guilty for sneaking away in the night, but he knew Ramatla would not have let him go. He could not sit idly and wait for Kamapa to strike again. He tried to imagine what the world must have been like before Kamapa's rampage, but it was difficult. He'd enjoyed his mother's songs. Had there been more of those? Perhaps they had sat together around even larger campfires, passing stories like the ones she had told. A tear streaked down Lituolone's cheek. He did not understand why, but thinking about other humans had somehow made the world feel even emptier than before. He looked to the horizon. 
the Drakensberg Mountains cut across the skyline like jagged teeth reaching up to take a bite out of the clouds. According to his mother, that was Kamapa's lair. Hours later, Lituolone peered into the inky darkness of a vast cave. The repetitive sound of dripping water echoed from within. Lituolone startled as a bat flew out of the cave, narrowly missing his head. He put a hand on his chest, willing his heart to calm. Lituolone was soon hurrying along the dark, winding passageways of the cave, passageways that took him plunging down into the bowels of the earth. The oppressive darkness made Lituolone feel uneasy, so he began to hum the only melody he knew, the song his mother had sung to him as a child. (laughs) He smiled as the song quelled his worry. There was good to be found even in the caverns beneath the world. Lituolone froze at the sound of something moving in the darkness. When it stopped, he darted forward again, faster than before. He drew his mother's knife as he rounded the corner but there was nothing but the vast, empty cavern. Lituolone felt a gust of hot, wet air hit against the nape of his neck. He turned slowly to meet Kamapa's gaping mouth. Kamapa roared, unleashing a blast of air that blew Lituolone's hair back and nearly bowled him over. He threw himself to the ground just as the monster lunged. Kamapa's steaming jaws slammed shut inches above Lituolone's head. He rolled, scraping his elbows on the rugged floor of the cave. When he looked up, his eyes widened. He was directly under Kamapa's stomach. Lituolone seized his knife and lunged, trying to split open the belly. But to his surprise, the blade slid off the surface without penetrating the monster's thick, blubbery skin. Kamapa spun around, spraying drool over the walls of the cave and slamming into Lituolone. He stumbled backward, losing his grip on the knife as he fell. It clattered to the ground, coming to a stop just out of reach. Lituolone rolled again, an instant before the monster came smashing down on the spot where he had just lain. He scrambled toward the knife. His hand had just closed around the handle when Kamapa crashed into him again. Lituolone stumbled back, shaking the stars from his head. Considering its massive size, Kamapa moved with surprising speed. It lunged again, greedy jaws snapping hungrily as it careened toward Lituolone. He was caught between the beast and the wall. There was nowhere to go. Lituolone jumped back toward the wall and kicked off it. He flew through the air and landed on Kamapa's back. He tried to grab something, anything to anchor himself, but Kamapa's smooth, shapeless body offered no handholds. Lituolone felt himself slipping to the side. As he fell, he slashed out with his mother's knife, but once again, it bounced harmlessly off Kamapa's slippery hide. 
Li Tuolone hit the ground hard, knocking the wind from his chest. He clambered back to his feet and turned to face the advancing beast. Kamapa's body seemed to take up the entire cavern. Its wide, hungry mouth frothed in unrelenting anticipation as it eyed its prey. Lituolone glanced behind him, down the passageway he'd crawled through. It was narrow. If he made a break for it, he did not think that Kamapa would be able to follow. But an instant later, Kamapa's roar dispelled any thought of escape. He couldn't leave this evil creature alive. It had done enough harm. Lituolone looked down at the knife in his hands. It had failed to penetrate the beast's thick skin, so he would just have to find another way. Kamapa screamed and charged, opening its jaws wide. Lituolone shut his eyes and was plunged into darkness. Lituolone tumbled head over heels as he slid down the beast's slimy tube of a throat. He gasped for air as the muscles in the walls surrounding him pushed him down and down, until finally, with a gasp, Lituolone felt himself free-falling. An instant later, he hit a soft, slick surface covered in a sticky material. <coughs> he looked around, but all he saw was darkness. Lituolone startled as something brushed against him. Ah! What has Kamapa swallowed this time? Another gazelle, I hope. Ah, a human! A human. Lituolone could not move. His limbs were numb with shock. There were humans still alive inside Kamapa's belly. How is this possible? Mother told me we were the last ones. And we thought we were the last ones, but here we all are. Incredible. How many of you are there? Less than there once were. Enough of this. Who is this stranger? My name is Lituolone. Perhaps you know my mother, Ramatla. It, it doesn't matter. We will get to know each other once we are out of here. Out? <laughs> Child, there is only one way out of Kamapa's belly. And trust me when I say it is a path none of us are eager to take. You don't wish to leave? Listen here, boy. If it was possible to escape this beast, don't you think we would have done it by now? What do you take us for? Oh, I'm sure you tried everything. But that was before you had me, and before you had this. What is this? I think he is trying to show us something. Doesn't he know it is pitch black in here? A knife. It's a knife. Look, you understand in a moment. Everyone get together, as close together as possible. Now, ha! The ground suddenly began to move. Lituolone fell against the side of the stomach. He winced as the other humans fell against him. An elbow slammed into his jaw, a knee dug into his stomach. But the movement had stopped quickly enough. It seemed the beast had lain on its side. Lituolone sat up and closed his eyes, trying to get his bearings. If they had fallen against the beast's side, then the way out was through where his feet had once been. He walked forward, reaching through the darkness until he felt the sticky wall of Kamapa's stomach lining. Lituolone gripped his knife and took a deep breath. He would have to move quickly. 
He raised the blade and plunged it into the wall of flesh. The world began to shake. Kamapa was moving. Lituolone struck again. Kamapa cried out. Lituolone held on to the sticky surface as he hacked at the belly's side. A person slammed into him as Kamapa shook, but still Lituolone held on. His knife flew faster. Lituolone cried out as a pinprick of light appeared before him. There was a violent, tearing sound as Kamapa's belly ripped open. A torrent of intestines, blood, and entrails poured out into the cave beyond, carrying Lituolone with it. He lay in the muck, gasping for breath. He felt around and realized with horror that he had lost the knife. He scrambled to his feet, ready to fight with his bare hands. But Kamapa lay still. The beast that had almost devoured the world was now nothing but a gutted carcass. And then, through the slashed sides of his belly, a woman slowly stepped out. She looked pale and frail, and her eyes were so weak that she had to squint in the dim light of the cave. She staggered a few feet and collapsed, laughing hysterically. She raised her arms in the air, silently thanking the gods for delivering her safely from the belly of the beast. Then more humans began to emerge from Kamapa's stomach. They appeared one by one, stumbling into the cave like newborn deer. Lituolone watched them in awe. They were worn and sickly, but Lituolone marveled at their faces, so similar and yet each one unique. His eyes shone as he beheld the rebirth of humankind. Coming up, Lituolone discovers the dark side of human nature. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than 88 million in prizes, ranging from 50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now, back to the story. Lituolone had killed Kamapa, the beast who almost swallowed the world, and then he freed the human race. After over a hundred survivors emerged from Kamapa's belly, Lituolone led them from the cave and into the world beyond. 
he brought them to his mother, Ramatla, and they set about rebuilding their wrecked village. They were all the world had, but together they could create it anew. Because he had rescued them from Kamapa's belly, the survivors elected Lituolon as their leader, and Lituolon proudly shepherded his blossoming tribe, thrilled to have a community protecting him from the loneliness that he had once felt so acutely. But as the months wore on, survival became difficult. Kamapa had devoured most of the world's animals and edible vegetables, and the villages struggled to find enough food to go around. Lituolon worked hard to find new sources of nourishment, but he could not make food appear out of thin air. As time passed, he began to notice a shift in his people. Admiring looks turned to suspicious glances. Words of camaraderie were replaced by whispers, and Lituolon's insecurity grew. One night, Lituolon went for a walk to clear his head. As he wandered around the village, he noticed how quiet it was. Up ahead, he saw the windows of a small hut glowing in the night. A fire was lit within. Lituolon approached and peered through the window. His curiosity turned to confusion as he saw his entire tribe gathered inside. Their faces were grave. Lituolon hesitated, wondering why he had not been told about the gathering. He moved toward the door, but when he heard what they were saying, he froze. You know he has no father? His mother birthed him from magic alone. It is not natural. Of course not. That is why nothing grows in this land. It is a curse, a punishment for following him. And what would you have us do? He defeated Kamaba. Just think what he could do to us. Better to be struck down by the devil than to be his slave. I don't claim to have all the answers, but something must be done. Why even call us here if you're not going to offer any solutions? My children are starving. It's time for action, not empty words. Are you sure you want to listen? Lituolon startled to see his gentle mother, Ramatla, standing behind him. She placed a sympathetic hand on his shoulder and squeezed. I do not understand. All I have done is try to help them. Your people are suffering. And when they suffer, they look for someone to blame. You took away their oldest enemy. So they found a new one. If it makes it easier for them to weather this famine, then it must be for the best. You don't need to wear that brave face for me, my son. It's just, before I faced Kamapa, I felt that the world was too empty. Now I am surrounded by faces like mine, and it feels more empty than ever. Such is the curse of leadership, to be alone in a sea of faces. But I know that you are strong enough to face it. How can you be sure? You were sent to me when humanity was on the brink of extinction. I always believed you were sent to save it. Kamaba was but the first mountain you had to climb. How can I ignore such sage advice? <laughs> <laughs> See, you make an old woman smile no matter how tired she is. These people do not deserve you, my Lituolon. But as long as you see the good in them, they will find no better leader. Listen to your own heart and never 
let their angry words cloud it. Lituolone softened. His mother's eyes were so filled with love, it was impossible to ignore her encouragement. That night, he watched his people carefully as he sat by the fire. Though he took his mother's words to heart, each sideways glance felt like a dagger. He had to do something to bring them back to him. Suddenly, he had an idea. How about a story? Who has a tale to share? No one? Come now. It has been too long since we sat around the fire and simply enjoyed one another's company. We are a community, are we not? Lituolone trailed off as he took in the glowering looks of his people. He grew even more unsettled as a man slowly stood. Why don't you tell us where you came from? Lituolone turned to look at the man who had spoken. He was glaring at his leader with a look of unbridled hatred. As you wish, but I have told you that story many times. It began when Kamapa devoured the village. My mother Ramatla hid in the Baobab grove and... You have no father. You were created by magic. Of course. The gods sent me an answer to my mother's prayer. I have told you all of this. Magic cannot be trusted. You cannot be trusted. It is your fault this land is cursed. The land is not cursed. Kamapa left us with little, but more will grow with time. Patience and hard work are all we need. His gaze drifted over the villagers, taking in the fury and rage on their faces. I can save them over and over, but they will never see me as one of them. Lituolone reached to his belt for the knife he had used against Kamapa. He studied it, recalling how its blade had freed the mob below. The first rays of dawn appeared on the horizon, filling the sky with a faint glow. Lituolone sighed. The mob quieted. He tossed the knife at their feet. I have given you all I could. You must take the rest for yourself. Lituolone held his arms out wide, exposing his chest. His eyes filled with tears as one of the humans ran to pick up the knife. Without hesitation, he thrust the blade into Lituolone's heart. No! Ramatla let out an anguished cry as Lituolone's body hit the ground. He lay there limp and unmoving. The mob stared at what they had done. Then Lituolone moved. His chest twitched. Something was moving under his skin where the blade still protruded. Ramatla's mouth formed an O as she watched her son's corpse dance. His chest wound suddenly split open and a large bird burst from within. It flew up high into the sky. Its form was clearly silhouetted against the gradually lightening sky as it took to the clouds. From above, it let out a twittering melody. Ramatla watched the bird that was her son's soul fly above. The lines on her face softened as she relaxed. Somehow, she knew that he would never be far away. The story of Kamapa and the hero who slew him consists of three ancient motifs. 
Here we see the world destroyed, the miraculous birth of a hero who grows up far too fast, and a fatherless boy who saves humanity. These core elements serve as the foundation for countless tales throughout human history, from the myths of ancient Greece to Star Wars. These stories show the harrowing defiance of evil and human resilience in the face of sure defeat. Though the hero Lituolon is extraordinary, his struggle represents the story of all humanity. By guiding the human race from the brink of destruction, he reveals our capacity to rebuild and start again. Resurrection and rebirth are important motifs in the mythologies of cultures around the world, including many African tribes. In other regions of the continent, the Tonga and Zulu tell stories about heroes being swallowed as a way of symbolizing rebirth. Lituolon's story includes two main rebirths. The first is humanity's emergence from the belly of Kamapa. The second is Lituolon's soul bursting from his chest in the form of a bird. This miraculous moment comes at a point when he has served his main purpose by defeating Kamapa. But his real task is more important than freeing humanity from a monster. Through his sacrifice and undying commitment to his community, he sets an example for Soto people and for anyone who hears his story. Even if he could not partake in that community himself, his sacrifice is a reminder that humanity's potential for goodness outshines its propensity for evil. It's a light that can never be put out, even in the darkest cave or in the belly of a beast. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on Kamapa, amongst the many sources we used, we found The Hero with an African Face, Mythic Wisdom of Traditional Africa by Clyde W. Ford, extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Bill Butts, Tiana Camacho, and Kai Jordan. I'm Vanessa Richardson.